everybody. Awesome. All right, so we're going to talk again about the process of time, and I love the illustration that uh, Pastor, he's been really creative, hasn't he, with all the different artwork, and uh, I don't know if anybody realizes how much time it goes into producing these uh, illustrations, but uh, the Lord really uses him mightily. It's just impressive um, on some of the things uh, that he's done. And uh, so we're going to talk about the process of time. We're going to finish up. Hopefully, prayerfully, we'll finish up what we started last week. Uh, let's go to Ecclesiastes, uh, Ecclesiastes uh, 3, chapter 3. And that is uh, verse 1. It says, to everything there is a season. That's everything. Everybody say everything. everything. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to render, or uh, what that rend or rend means to tear something into pieces. Uh, or a time to sew, put it together. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. But verse 11 says, I love this, when it says, He hath made everything beautiful in his time. I love that. And it goes on further to say, Also, he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. And so uh, here we see in Ecclesiastes, uh, Ecclesiastes, um, that there are so many different things, different seasons and different things that will happen in our life. And God knew enough to, to know that we need to know that. We actually need to know that. <laughs> we need to know that there's going to be a time where we're uh, in sorrow. There's going to be a time when we're glad. There's going to be a time when um, people will offend us. There'll be times when, you know, things don't go your way. There's going to be different times and seasons in our life where certain things happen. And I think Ecclesiastes really uh, uh, gives a good picture of some of the things that we can, as people, go through. And so last week, uh, we talked a little about uh, unforgiveness and how unforgiveness can actually uh, cause us to be stuck in time. And usually uh, when, when you think about um, what has happened to you at a particular time in your life, we don't look at, oh, okay, this happened to me and I'm going to be stuck in this, in this period of time that that thing has happened to us. But oftentimes it does. Um, and, and so I, what I want to do is um, if I could have two people, if I could have Minister Sammy and Pastor, if you can come up just for this illustration. I'm bringing out, bringing out this timeline uh, again this year. <laughs> Come on up. <laughs> I think it's important for us to see this. If you could uh, grab hold of that one. Oh, 
Well, you know what? Let me ask, uh, let me ask someone else to do it. <laughs> oh, sorry. I forgot about that. Okay. And kind of stretch it out so people can see. I don't know. Can everybody see over the computer? Can you bring it up? There you go. Bring it up. Uh, can you stretch it, stretch it, stretch it, stretch it? There you go. So there you go. All right. So this is a timeline. We've got from zero all the way to 80, okay? And so <laughs> what happens is, depending on what happened to you, like for me, I'll, I'll give myself as a for instance, I got pregnant at 15. Uh, it was a really traumatic situation for me. I, um, if you guys can keep uh, holding it, yeah. <laughs> a very traumatic situation for me. Uh, I uh, was a, a, you know, I had been uh, untouched. So we'll say, just because we have children here, I had, I had been untouched and uh, found myself in a situation where um, I put myself in a, position where, in a situation where someone took advantage of me. So that happened here, right? So here I am. This happened to me. Uh, the person actually said it wasn't his child. That was another offense. Another trauma that happened to me was um, I hit the pregnancy for seven months. That happened to me, all right here at 15. Now, what I didn't realize is there's so much to my life that I had ahead of me. But if I stay stuck in the offense of what this person did to me, I can't see that. I can't see all those years that, that passed me by. I said uh, last week, I said there's a, a, a song called Times Keep, Time Keeps On Ticking, Ticking, Ticking Into the Future. And it was ticking. No matter if I was here or if I was here, time kept going by me. But because of, uh, and, and, and fortunately in my particular situation, I really didn't get offended as much as you would think that I would, but for whatever reason, I didn't. But some people have got, gone through what I've gone through and maybe much more, and they get offended and they get stuck in this time. Therefore, they can't move on. So what I want you to do, just for the sake of this, think about that one situation you know what age you were that could possibly have had you stuck in that situation. If you don't get that, if you don't get that, you see, depending on the tragedy or the trauma that you went through, like it literally can uh, cause, cause you to be paralyzed and you can't move past it. And so God is trying to get us to a whole nother level uh, in him, but it's gonna require us to move ahead not look back. And sometimes we can get right up to 45. And then he says, forget those things are behind and press towards the mark because my mark is down here. But if I'm looking back at 15, then I'm still going to be stuck. So we can get a little momentum. And then all of a sudden we get to a place and then we wonder why can I move on? Well, it's, could it be that I was stuck in that time? So I really want you to see this visual because only you know what you have gone through, only you know the effect that it had on your life, and I want you to look at this and see how much time you can waste just by being stuck wherever, you, wherever the offense got, got to you. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, yes. All right, so, so people, and, 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 and I said all this to say that people are not perfect, therefore, they will do things to us um, willingly or unknowingly. 
So knowingly or unknowingly, people will cause hurt in our life, not because they're evil. Oftentimes, it's not necessarily because they're evil. Um, and I wanted to spend a little bit of time on this, but um, generally, people are not necessarily born evil, but they can do evil things. Romans 3.23 says, we have all sinned and, co and come short of the glory of God. Psalms 51.5 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. In other words, the sin begins in me when I was conceived in my mother's womb. That's when it began, in me. So now, what is sin? Sin is lawlessness where there's no moral or spiritual boundaries. Let me say that again. Sin is lawless, lawlessness where there are no moral or spiritual boundaries. It's lawlessness, lawlessness because it's not governed by God's authority. Okay, so, you know, basically if there's no authority, if there's no boundaries, anything goes. <laughs> you know, uh, pretty much in the society that we live in, so much as anything just goes, you know, uh, as it relates to anything, everything just kind of goes. And so... But uh, 1 John 3, 4 says, everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. So that's that 1 John 3, 4 talks about what sin is. Now, Romans 6, 12 says, and we're going to go through some of the scripture, but I've got a lot of scripture, so write them down if you would. Uh, Romans 6, 12 says, let not sin therefore reign or to take over uh, in your mortal bodies that you should obey the lust thereof. Sin is always knocking. It's always knocking on our doors. You know, it's always trying to get you offended. It's always trying to get you to do the wrong thing even. Sin is always trying to get us to bow down to what the devil wants us to do. And so it's important that we understand uh, what's going on there. Uh, John 10.10 says that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And, but Jesus said that I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Okay, so we know that Satan is the author of stealing, killing, and destroying. What he's trying to do is he's trying to steal the word in your heart. That's exactly what he's trying to do. He's trying to take that word so you won't work the word. He's trying to take that and steal that word so you won't become the word. And, 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 and that's the thing. He wants us to actually live beneath our rights as Christian and born again believers. He wants us to live, you know, beyond, not beyond, but be, he doesn't want us to, um, to live ahead. He's always trying to find ways to get us to be less than as a Christian. And so, you know, we gotta be, we can't be ignorant of that, of a device that he uses. And that's what he uses. He uses, uh, you know, us even. Sometimes we are offended with our own selves. I can't believe I allowed this person to do this to me. Well, it's not like you purposely woke up that day and said, let me let this person, you know, bother me or get me mad. I mean, it just sin happens. We're, we're all sinners in need of salvation is what the scripture says. And so it's important that we understand that. Now, I'm spending a little time on unforgiveness because that's the area where most people struggle in. They struggle in that because, um, you know, you hear people say, um, well, you know, you, you need to let that person go. 
Well, the person has been offended. It's like to them, they say, well, it's good for you to say or fine for you to say, but, but how? How do I do this when this person has cut me to the core? How do I do this? Why do I do this? Why should I do this? You know, because their, th their thought is, well, if I forgive them, then they'll be let go and they'll do it again. Thinking that, okay, well, if I don't, call, if I don't put them in a position where they're having to pay for what they did, well, then now it's going to give them a license to keep doing what they're doing. And so a lot of times the enemy will just have us get so caught up in the act of what happened that we, that we really don't realize that it is holding us back. It is keeping us in pain. It's keeping us hostage. It's like really literally keeping us hostage. You know, trauma and, and the emotions behind the trauma, that's what keeps us like in bondage and hostage. You know, when you think of a person in hostage, they can't get out. They're surrounded, they're locked in. They can't, they can't, they cannot get out. And that's what happens when you allow uh, unforgiveness to take up root uh, in your heart. And so it's imperative that we uh, understand the importance of forgiveness. We gotta, we gotta understand the importance of forgiveness so that if we are offended, we know what to do with the offender and we know what to do with the effect. Okay, because there's two things we need to figure out what to do. What do we do with the person who offended us? And what do we do with the effect of what they've done, the emotional or the physical pain that, they, uh, that we incurred as a result of that? Uh, Peter said in, in Matthew's uh, 18, 21, we won't, we won't to turn there, but it says, how often you know, shall uh, my brother sin against me? He says, uh, and, and I forgive, seven times? That's what Peter said, seven times. Now to him, I assume when he said that, he was thinking, well, seven times is an awful lot. But then Jesus said seven times seven, which is 490 times. And I don't think he specifically meant just only 490 times, but he was making it a point that it can go on and on. What, a, seven, seven times 70, I'm sorry, seven times 70. That's 490 times is uh, what Jesus is saying, that we, we need to be willing to forgive. And, and when you think of that, then th there obviously is an importance in us doing that. Because why would he tell us, oh, you know, seven times 70 to do it? He knew enough to know that there's going to be life situations in our life that is going to uh, cause us to either get in unforgiveness or to operate in what he really desires for us to operate in, and that is forgiveness. And he knew enough to know that, so he's, he's like really making a point there. Um, also, if we don't process what happened to us correctly, we can unknowingly allow bitterness to take root in our heart, which causes unforgiveness. This is where, as I said earlier, we can get stuck in time uh, and the, making it very, there, therefore hard to move past that, that pain. Um, now, what is unforgiveness? Let me just put this down here. Uh, unforgiveness is the act of not pardoning the offender. That's what unforgiveness is. It's the act of not pardoning the offender. You say something like, well, you know, they, they, you, you want them to pay for what they did. You owe me for what you have done, and I will not release you of that debt until you pay. <laughs> That's basically what a person that operates in unforgiveness is saying. Unforgiveness is demanding justice for what was done to you when the reality is no one is getting away with nothing. 
when, a, when, when I release a person of a debt, I'm releasing God and his justice. That's what happens. Let's go to Romans 12, 19. Romans 12, 19. Romans 12, 19. It says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Let's go to Hebrews 10, 30. It's important that we get this because we be trying to get people to pay. And God is saying, I will repay. Hebrews 10, 30. It says, for we know him that have said, vengeance belongeth to me, unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. So, you know, we, we have to allow God to handle these people that we give over. Our job is simply just to release them and really believe God for healing of the pain that they cause. Our job is to release them and allow uh, the healing and all of that to happen um, through God. Uh, let's do, let me do here. I'm trying to get through a lot. I've got a lot of notes here, so I'm going to pass some of this stuff. Um, God wants us to forgive. Let's go to Matthew 6.14. It says, uh, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Let's go to Matthew 7.2. It says, for, what, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. So basically, you know, you're going to be, you're going to reap what you sow. Um, and let's go to Luke 637. Well, not 37. Maybe that's, uh, can't be Luke. Well, yeah, let me see. I'm in the wrong chapter here. Luke 630. It says, judge not, and 37, Luke 6, 37, it says, judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. And let's go to Ephesians uh, 4, 32. Spending a little time talking about this because this is an area where so many people are frustrated in. 4, 32. It says, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So it's important that we do what God is requiring us to do, and he really wants us to forgive. Uh, Matthew, so let's go to Matthew 6, 12, because I think that's a wonderful uh, uh, illustration of what, well, it is a prayer that God wanted us to pray. Um, but it's something in here that I really wanted us to take a look at. Matthew 6, verse 12. I don't know why I'm in the wrong <laughs> book. That happens. Isn't that weird? <laughs> okay, so Matthew 6. Let me get there. I know you guys have gotten there already. 6, 12. It says, uh, this is where, you know, he talked about um, praying this manner. But verse 12, it says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, I th when we hear that, oftentimes we think about people owe us money. 
okay? So he's been talking about forgiving, but he, he said here, forgive us, for, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And so um, when, I, when I read that, I was thinking about, so basically what he's saying there is forgiveness um, is uh, like the debt that people owe you. It's a debt. And so we gotta, we, we've, got to, um, we've got to release them of that debt. Kind of getting ahead of myself here. Um, so forgiveness is, uh, is the mercy of God. That's what it is. Forgiveness is the mercy of God. So basically the person would not be uh, paying that, that um, whatever it would cost. If the, because, you know, matter of fact, uh, the scripture talks about the wages of sin is death, right? So there's a, there's a cost for death. Well, mercy is uh, helping the person not to have to pay the cost that they originally would if, you know, if, in other words, the, the cost is lightened. It's not uh, severe as it could be. All right. Um, let's see here. I've got a lot of notes here. All right, so you know, forgiveness is important, as I said, and we've got to we've got to hand it over to God. You know, when when you, when I think about forgiveness and I look at the debt, you know, and you turn over that debt to God, um, I look at debt. God is a debt collector. <laughs> I do. I look at him as being a debt collector, and and so um, you know what he does is as a collector, I don't know if any of you uh, know it. Well, some of you have been called by collectors, debt collectors, so you know kind of what they do. And um, some of their responsibilities, they collect payments on past due bills. Uh, they locate customers, uh, uh, you know, and, and they uh, also call the customers. And I believe that God calls the people that have offended us. He calls these people and uh, he calls them through their hearts to convict them of whatever it is that they did to us. God is always on working on our behalf to do that. So we give it over, we release that debt to God as the debt collector and you allow him to have that payment be repaid, okay? It's his, it's vengeance is his, it's not yours. We weren't designed and he, he really wanted us to, to understand that it's not for us because we can't handle we can't handle paying uh, people, well, we can handle people paying people back. We can't handle uh, anything uh, mean and hateful in our hearts and survive the right way. We just can't. Our, our hearts were not designed to house bitterness and resentment, uh, wrath and malice. It wasn't, it just, it was not designed for that. Now, some of us have uh, allowed things. That's why the scripture says in Proverbs, guard your heart with all diligence because he, God knows that out of it will flow the issues of life. And so it's important for us to guard our hearts against this. Our heart should not be a, a house for unforgiveness. Our hearts is not designed to do that because our heart is, is the central part of our being that causes us to live life uh, in the fullness of God and, and, and to receive his word. And, but if it's hardened because of unforgiveness, it blocks out all the help that we could ever need to really become the godly men and women that God really requires us to be. So you've got to release these people Whoever they, whoever have done you wrong, you have got to release them. 
That's what I hear God saying to us all. We have got to release them. Sometimes people just don't know. Sometimes it's, it's we have these expectations of what we want uh, people to be like and, and they fall short because they're not. You know, I mean, sometimes we get offended with uh, there's people that are uh, maybe in a relationship and they, they can't understand why the person is treating them bad uh, or, you know, what did they do to deserve what they're doing? And they don't realize sometimes it's it's what you expected the person to be like. That's what you're disappointed in. You're expecting the person to be saved, uh, filled with the Holy Ghost. The person's not, but you're expecting him to act like or her to act like someone who uh, knows how to love uh, like, like Christ loved the church. But you're living in a fantasy because the reality is that person doesn't know how to do that. And so we got to watch, you know, trying to... Um, we see somebody in the way we want to see them, not in the reality of who they are at the time. So it's important that we get that. So I wanted to really talk about the unforgiveness because um, we, I'm telling you, we, we got some things to do and, and uh, so many people have been hurt uh, by so many people and situations and uh, you can't do anything about it. You can't, you can't go back in time and try to fix what's already happened. You just can't. I mean, some things God will allow you to maybe uh, fix, uh, but, but there are a lot of things that you just can't do. And so you, you got to go through life, you know, and don't live life with regrets. You, you don't, don't do that because that's torture, you know, when you're living life with regrets. You know, I mean, it's okay to acknowledge, you know, I, w I wish I could have did something differently, but I'm, I learned from that and now moving forward, I won't do that. But to actually hold yourself hostage to what you did not do or what you, for, or what you could not even do at the time. Maybe you didn't have the inner strength to see that a person was abusing you and you just accepted it. Maybe you didn't have the, the knowledge to be able to pick that up. Maybe you didn't have the discernment to pick that up. And so it's important that um, we let these people go. We release them. That's the only thing that we do, y'all. We release them, which is a choice. We release them, but then we, 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 we seek God for the healing because the emotional pain and the, the, the physical pain in some cases that has been done to us, only God is the person that can heal us from that. So you have to release the person, but then you're now having to believe God for healing in the area of the pain. Okay, it's important that we get that because if you're looking for, if you're looking for uh, the release of the pain by someone repenting, somebody, not everybody's gonna come to you and say, hey, I repented, I repent for what I did or said to you. Not everybody's gonna do that. So what do you do? And then if they did, I mean, do you trust that person again? No, you don't trust that person again because they made, they haven't shown themselves to be trust, trustworthy. So, you know, it's important that we uh, release these people and let God take, handle them. I mean, you know, and we can't even have the attitude like, like God sick them. <laughs> you know, I mean, get them good and get them good, you know, because sometimes we, <laughs> sometimes we want that. We want the person to feel what they did to us. And, and so we, we got we to gotta look at, you know, the way God is, man, he's so long suffering. He really is. And, but vengeance is his. Vengeance is his. And, uh, you know, we had a situation where um, 
uh, I told y'all I got pregnant at 15 and uh, you know the person um, just basically just didn't treat me right didn't handle the situation right either and uh, for many years I didn't get child support or anything and uh, how about 20 uh, years later our kid has grown and I'm getting child support now stop that's a whole different story but but I was getting child support and he was in his, in his 40s well he's well he's 39 or 40 you know and and so he probably thought I got through that he's 18 you, you understand what I'm saying I can see where he would think that but I didn't do anything I didn't go to petition the courts I didn't do anything they came after me and put that money because something was set up where I had one of those little cards and one day we were on vacation I remember we was on vacation and I said let me just see what's on this card and there was some money on the card had no clue so I can only imagine what that must have been like for him to have to pay child support for, for a kid that is a grown man I didn't do that God did that okay so you know you 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 just have to trust God let him handle the situation and he and now mind you I didn't have the attitude like good that's it's I didn't have that attitude to be honest with you we were even talking look maybe we give the give it back <laughs> you know so I mean but uh, it's important that we uh, trust God through that process so now I want to talk a little bit about uh, process process everybody say it with me process process all right, so process, and I'm just going to read what process is. Process is a series of actions and steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. Process is a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. Process is a part from our journey that becomes our testimony. So process, a lot of times, you know, we... Uh, we get weary in well-doing because the process seems like it takes too long. You know, if, if uh, I remember we was going after our first house and that process seemed very long. It was excruciating and, you know, we were going through the credit and all that and we got denied actually three times and actually the third time they said, well, nobody in God's cre creation will even give you a loan. And, and yet, uh, but we still have faith. We believe God. And uh, make a long story short, we ended up, uh, matter of fact, uh, that Friday, we got the last, um, the last denial. That Friday, we got the last denial. That Monday, the school that we put our child in said, we need to have an approval letter from the bank saying that you guys have been approved for the loan. We need to have it by Monday or he's going to have to get out of that school. So Friday, we get the last denial, right? And, and, and so uh, that was traumatic. It was like, oh my God, what are we gonna do? And we got it at six o'clock in the evening. And so, but we still had faith. And so somehow or another, I ran across this number that I had, I, for, for whatever reason, I've been holding on to it, but I don't know why I never called the first time. But anyway, uh, we, we ended up calling and um, the lady said, well, I'll tell you what, she said, we don't, normally, we don't normally see people on Sundays, but why don't you and your husband come on in Sunday and, and we'll see what we can do. Well, Monday morning, we went in, Monday morning, uh, she called us and said, you've been approved. 
And we were like, whoa. Now, mind you, up to that point, it was probably a maybe a month long process or more uh, that we had to go through. But that Monday morning, she said we were approved. And interesting enough, the person, the underwriter's name was Faith. I mean, that was not coincidental. <laughs> and so, uh, but the thing is, it was a process that we had to go through. Now, what if during that process, I said, honey, we got our last uh, denial and they said that nobody would give us a loan. They said this. And she, she honestly, she sounded like she was really serious. You know, like it was like, okay, there's no way we can get approved. But what if that day when I got that denial that we didn't, that, that we stopped? What if that happened? And you know, that was really possible. So how many people forget, you know, or, or not forget, but they stop moving in a direction that God really wants them to move simply because it's not seemingly like it's not working. How many people stop? How many people stop believing? You know, when, if God says do something, because we knew in our heart enough to know, like my husband, he, he really believed that, that that was our house. Now, <laughs> interesting enough, I, you know, I liked the house <laughs> and it was our first house, but I wanted, I think I wanted something that was already done. So we had on one side, there was this huge room that it needed to be finished off. And my husband, he loved this place. So we went by this place every single day, y'all. And we spoke to that house. We, we spoke to that house. We even marched around the property. I mean, and, and there were so many obstacles that, that came our way. Like one of the obstacles was the owner said, we don't even want to sell it to them. So the, even the, during this process, the owner said, no, we don't even want to sell it to them. So how are you going to buy something that the owners is, is refusing to sell it to you? So we had that against us. I mean, there's so many things that was coming against, but my husband, the man of faith that he is, you know, we walked by there every day, or not walked by there, but we drove by there every day and we spoke to that house. And, uh, but it was a process that we had to go through. And what God was doing through that whole process was he was building our testimony. He was building our, so many different things came as a result of that whole process. By the time we got approved, the interest rate had dropped, uh, it was like the lowest in 30 years. The interest rate had dropped the lowest that he had had, had in 30 years. Now we couldn't have planned that if we tried. And so that was the other thing that God was doing. Now at one time it was like, you know, it was like, oh, how come we can't get this house? Oh, what is the delay? Well, you know, it was, it was, well, I take that back. That was the second house. The second house is when the interest rate dropped in 30 years. And that's a whole nother process. So whatever your process, whatever process you're in right now, the, the goal is don't give up. Don't give up. Because the minute you decide to give up could have been the very minute that God would have released that, what, what, you, what it was that you were looking for. So don't give up. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because everything in life is a process. And we got to understand that in this process, um, we, it, 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 here's the other thing what process does. It helps you to appreciate when he does release it. It will help you to appreciate 
whatever, whatever he does for you that you've been waiting for and it's taken some time, you'll be able to appreciate it that much more. And so it's important that we understand that process is necessary. We sometimes we rush uh, the process. We rush to get married. We rush to have children. We rush to, to become teenagers. The teenagers rush to become adults. We rush to find our purpose. We rush, we rush, we rush, we rush, and uh, instead of allowing things to evolve. So we, we, uh, we have got to, uh, even, even when you think about the process of your children, you know, sometimes our children, we teach them uh, how to be and how, you know, what to do in life. And when they, when they fall short, we get offended with them because that's not what we taught them. We taught them to persevere. We taught them to, you know, to be polite and to, you know, uh, honor the law and things of that nature. We taught them. And when they do anything, you know, things outside of that, we get offended with them. And now they owe us. We feel like they owe us. No, our children don't owe us. We did what we supposed to do. They don't owe us. And so we got to release them. We got to release her because sometimes we can get offended. I, I remember there was a time I was offended with my son because I expected him to look at all the sacrifices that I made for him. And when it looked like he wasn't uh, even appreciative of it, I, I thought to myself, how dare you? But I shouldn't have been looking at it that way. I should have been looking at that is that I sh that is my duty as a mother is to give to your your children that's your duty as a parent it's up to them to do whatever they want to do with it but it's your duty to do that so when you attach they owe you with what you do well then that you're setting yourself up for failure you're setting yourself up for failure and the child matter of fact can become rebellious even at that point and be like well you know i matter of fact they should be wanting to do it for them not for you they should want to do it for them. So our job is to show them the way. And so it's important for us to, to get that. Um, when I think about process, you know, um, giving birth is a process. Think about it. For not, what, well, 10 months, 10 months, you're pregnant for 10 months. That's a lot of time. But it's necessary because if you take the baby at four months, the baby is not going to be developed. You understand what I'm saying? Some may survive and some may not. I don't, I don't know if the youngest or the, the, the shortest time for a person that, to have given birth is like, well, four months or five months. What is it? Four months? Probably four months. It's probably, you know, that, that the baby survived. But it's not to say that the baby didn't survive with some uh, being underdeveloped. So giving birth is a process. You know, you've got uh, different stages, even um, with, uh, you know, butterflies. You know, they go through the cocoon stage. I mean, there's different stages that they have to go through in order for them, the butterfly, to come out and fly. Um, there was uh, the elephant. Let's see. I had here how long it takes the elephant. Interesting enough, I think it was something crazy like, uh, hang on here. Oh, I had it here. Anyway, it takes a long time for an elephant to, to, to bring forth a child, uh, uh, an elephant rather. Um, and so process is, 
necessary and it requires faith. It requires your faith when you're in process. Um, all of us in this room is in some type of process. All of us. We can't get around it. We're all in process. And uh, I said, um, I said uh, uh, earlier that it's going to require your faith. Uh, faith is your true belief in something or someone without being convinced. That's what faith is. Faith is your true belief in something or someone without being convinced. So um, you ever heard of the, uh, what is it called, uh, placebo effect? Anybody ever heard of the placebo effect? Okay, so, so basically if a person had some type of ailment or disease, um, what they did, uh, it was like a scientific uh, uh, type of um, uh, process that was done. And let's say a person was dealing with some type of disease or whatever. Well, what they did is they gave the person sh a sugar pill. And they said that this sugar pill is gonna help you with sugar diabetes, let's just say. We'll just say uh, the particular disease, sugar diabetes. So they gave the person, all the people in this room, uh, the sugar peel. Then they gave the other people, um, I don't know, uh, the, like candy, thank you. <laughs> and so interesting enough, the people that took the placebo peel, which was really like a sugar peel, uh, those people actually got healed. Why? Because they believed, back to my thing, uh, faith is your true belief in something or someone without being convinced. They actually believed that this pill was going to solve that, that issue. But it was the sugar pill. So we know that the sugar pill didn't do it. It was their faith in the sugar pill that actually healed them. And so, you know, we, uh, here it is. Elephants have the longest gestational period they actually are pregnant for nearly two years. Can you imagine two years being pregnant? <laughs> two years. A tadpole uh, is, is another uh, thing that is transformed into a frog. And so it's a process though. So God designed uh, animals, uh, male and female, you know, the human race. He designed all of us to go through a process. But if we don't understand what we're going through is a process, then we will actually give up before the process is done. So, you know, some, some people may be in a situation, you know, it could be a marriage or, or what have you. And, and that marriage to make it right or for the two to become one it's going to take a process. But so many people give up and they, you know, they, they, they feel like it's hopeless and, you know, feel like there's, no, there's nothing they can do about the situation, but it is a process. And so we got to embrace that process. We got to find out what is it that God wants us to do. That's the first thing we got to do. Find out what is it? What is it, God, you want me to do about this situation, this marriage? And then you do that, whatever it is he tells you to do. You got to be obedient in, for, in order for your process to work. See, the Holy Spirit is the central person or figure in this earth, and he is the one that will tell us what to do. He will give us instruction if we would listen to what he's saying. Do this. Say that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't say that. You know, if, if we really in tune our ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, he will give us direction on what to do with those situations that you're in process with. 
You might be in process on your job. You know, you're, you feel like, you know, you're being overlooked. You know, you feel like nobody respects you. You know, you may be in process. You may be learning. Because, see, here's the thing about process. Process is, is also developing us. It develops us to be, become stronger, to persevere, um, to be in patience. The scripture says in Hebrews, for you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you'll receive the promise. Process is important. And so we can't everything. See, we, you can't get away from process. That's the thing. You can't get away from it. So you might as well embrace it. We might as well embrace process. But we need to do something in the waiting. It's not, well, let me just wait for the sweet by and by. No, you got to be obedient to what God is telling you to do. That's the key thing that helps process to, 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 uh, to go forth. You got to be willing to do what God tells you to do during that process. So, so vitally important. So process is important. So don't give up whatever process that you're in. You know, as I said, marriage, it takes two to become one. And that's a process. That really is a process. You know, some people have been married for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, and they have not become one yet. It takes time. It really does. It takes time. It takes a process. But you got to be uh, diligent. You got you gotta, you gotta to know what to do, when to do it, how to do it. You, gotta, you just got to know uh, in order for that uh, process to actually work. Well, let's stop trying to live a microwave uh, life. We do. We, we get frustrated when things are not done instantly. And that's just not realistic. You're setting yourself up for failure. It's just not. You know, um, I've uh, counseled plenty of people who was waiting for, let's say, you know, a, a, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, wife, you know, waiting for them to, uh, to change. And, you know, they've put a time limit on the person not realizing that it may take even longer for that person to come into whatever it is they're, they're believing for that person to come into. It may take a little longer. So, you know, they put a timetable on, on, on the situation. And, uh, and then when the person doesn't look like they're coming close to that situation, then they give up. And so not realizing it is a process. So say with me, say, whatever I'm in right now, it is a process. I need to embrace the process. I need to ask the Holy Spirit, what is the process? <laughs> you know, sometimes we, we need to know what the process is. So, you know, if, 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 if you, uh, let's say you are believing God for a husband or a wife. Well, guess what? It's a process. And in that process, you're going to need what? Preparation. See, you're, if you're believing God for a mate, then it, it shouldn't happen when the mate comes. It, you, you have to be that before the person comes, especially if you're older. Now, you can maybe get away with it when you're younger and you can kind of grow together. I know me and him, we met each other at 29. Was it 29? Was it 30? 30 years old, and we, we, we had to go through some things. But imagine if 
what we went through, like, because we went through a whole lot. It was a process. <laughs> we went through a whole lot. But imagine if we met at 50 something and we had to go through what we went through at 30. That's, you ain't got time for all that. You just don't have time for all that. <laughs> so, you know, I, you, you, if you want to be married, then you have to uh, pr prepare yourself. You got to prepare. So here's what I mean by that. You know, sometimes people don't like accountability, especially when you're single and you've been rocking and rolling as a single person. You don't like accountability. Well, guess what? You need to prepare yourself before you get married because guess what? When you become married, you will have to be accountable. Now, one would say, well, how do I be accountable and I don't have a husband? Well, the first accountability you can have is towards your church or, or towards God. Let's say God first. Be accountable to God first. Then you can be accountable to your church. You know, but it's, it's showing yourself accountable because once you get married, you can't just be rolling out of the house like you single. You need to tell your husband, hey, or your wife, uh, you know, hey, I'm going to the store or whatever. You don't just roll up and just leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just not, that doesn't work in a, in a healthy marriage. So it's important that we, uh, we get that. So process, I'm talking about the process. It was a process even of putting this whole message together. It was a process. It took a long time for me to come up with the idea and all, not come up with, I had to wait on God. You know, sometimes we have to wait on God. And sometimes it's not uh, pleasant at times because we're such in a rush. Gimme, 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 gimme now. And God is saying, hold on. Oh, what do you always say, text? Hold on, text. <laughs> you know, uh, slow down. Because if we, if we, oh, here's a good thing. If we're in process and we miss one of the steps of whatever process we're in, I mean, it literally can mess up the whole thing. You know, when you give yourself, uh, I, said, I said last week, a perm, you know, uh, you know uh, the white, Caucasian people, when they put a perm in their hair, uh, it takes two hours, two hours, y'all, for this perm to be in their hair. You put that same perm in our hair, we ain't gonna have no hair. We're gonna, we gonna be bald and it's gonna be scabs. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So, uh, but there's a process even within those things that like when we do our process, it's, it's gonna, we gotta go through, okay, the first thing they tell you to do is, you know, uh, put on your gloves, uh, test the nap area. <laughs> See, it, you know, it tells you, it tells you to do certain things, but if you don't follow the, the, the instruction, you can miss what, what the outcome is gonna be. So you gotta make sure that in the process you follow the directions, the directions of the Holy Spirit. You have to follow, you have to follow because he knows exactly what he's doing. And I'm gonna end there and uh,